Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, August 20th. We have pretty much September 20th. August 20th, September 20th. What's the difference, right? Uh, we have almost finished up week two of the NFL season. We've got one game left tonight. Probably won't be uh, nearly as good as most of the uh, games we got yesterday, unfortunately. As always, though, I have Matt and Dennis here with me as we're going to recap all of the week two slate of the games here. Uh, gentlemen, how are we doing? Well, first off, on October 20th, we didn't have no stinking football. So that's a big difference right there. I'm doing great. Busy as hell. Uh, looking forward to diving in and running through these games. Uh, I appreciate you going on a little bit late while I was finishing off my big heap and serving a crow about Rondale Moore. So I was clearly wrong on that, dude. Clearly wrong. I didn't pay uh, that much attention because I know a lot of my fantasy scores didn't go well, but I think what's important is I'm already, <laughs> that was a great visual. I'm already 13 and two and pick. What's wrong? Suit, I just, so. I didn't, you know, my head was itching. That's all. No, no big deal. Uh, so we will uh, break down all of the games that have happened. Obviously we already talked about the Thursday night football game. We did that on Friday. Uh, so we will jump in here now um, really quick. Before we do that though, Dennis, do you have something you want to uh, tell the listeners? I would love to tell the rest- listeners, the listeners, boy, see what kind of day it's been for me. I think they're contagious for me. Uh, 
flash. I'd love to tell them about the flash update pro the tools that made Bob Harris, a fantasy football hall of famer. Uh, if you go to footballdiehards.com, you can get the flash update pro a full suite of tools to make managing your fantasy teams so much easier. There's rankings, there's configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution. Hell, they're even sending me a report every week telling me who I should be looking for on the waiver wire because they know, well, Dennis plays a lot of dynasty. He's probably not too clued in on to what the hell a waiver wire is. So Bob's keeping me on, on task there. Um, Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. That's code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the Flash Update Pro at footballdiehards.com. All right, let's jump in and break down week two. All right, and we are going to kick it off with Matt's favorite team there, the Broncos versus the Jaguars. As you can see down there, the Broncos won 23-13 to here against the Jags. Trevor Lawrence did not look great in this one. 12 targets and nine receptions for 159 yards. Matt, is Cortland Sutton back? Yeah, and, you know, great to be 2-0, and and Teddy Bridgewater has looked better than I expected, so I don't want this to come off as taking a dump on him. But Cortland Sutton's day actually could have been bigger if you watch the game. Um, Teddy's not got the strongest arm, and Sutton actually outran a couple of his deep targets early. Um, I may or may not have had the game on at work uh, and you guys know where I work and I may or may not have used uh, some four-letter responses to that uh, to to a couple of those overthrows while I was sitting down there yesterday in the morning uh, which caused my coworker no end of laughter but Sutton looked incredible um, you know and they finally did connect on a couple deep ones the 55 yarder to open the third quarter was great he looks like he's back in shape and it looks like they are featuring him in this offense which is good news for all of us that were hoping he'd have a bounce back here so did he are they featuring him because jerry judy went out that's what my Cortland sutton shares want to know i think that they're going to use him and hamler as the deeper um shots i'm sure he got a few more because uh, Judy was out. I also think they chose to go deeper yesterday than they did against the Giants where they seem to be going more underneath stuff, possibly because of the Jaguars coverage or what they were seeing. But Sutton was never covered on any of those things I saw. The only couple times they didn't hook up, like I said, is because he had to wait and come back for the ball and the defender caught up to him and kind of slammed into each other. Because I love Mason Cortland Sutton. So do I. It was it made my heart feel a lot happier. He's my poster boy on Team Big Wide Receiver. <laughs> Dennis, tough game for Lawrence here. Uh, but Marvin Jones did have 11 targets, six receptions for 59 yards, and a touchdown. Is he the go-to receiver on the Jags? Well, all offseason, you know, we went back and forth with Jones and Chark and – for whatever reason throughout his career, Marvin Jones has just never carried the cachet of an elite wide receiver. He'll have these phenomenal games and we want to buy in, but then he'll have these stretches where he's a non-factor. And I don't know how much of that is 
related to uh, spending a good portion of his career in Cincinnati and Detroit. Um, that might have that much to do with it, just a touch. Um, but Marvin Jones always seems to be able to produce. Can he produce consistently is going to be the question, especially if Lawrence continues to struggle. Um, I, I think so. I, I, I want Sharp to be better, but man, he's, he's a 25% catch rate is, you know, that seems like it's a mental issue. It's not a physical issue with Sharp. So I don't know if, you know, Trevor Lawrence is delivering the ball funny or what, but it's not like Chark played at some, you know, backwoods college. He played at LSU. So, you know, it's, I I think Jones is the guy you want. Chark is going to break out at some point. And if the offense gets rolling, the passing offense, we've seen in college, Trevor Lawrence can produce. So it's a matter of time. Will it be this year? Good question. I will say, having watched uh, a lot of that game yesterday, uh, Lawrence was struggling mightily with with ball placement. Um, I don't know if Chark was drawing Sertan more. It seemed like they were actually going after Kyle Fuller. Um, He's the one that got burned on that Marvin Jones play. But Marvin, he seems more comfortable with Marvin Jones, was my perception watching the game. Yeah, I, I think Chark will be fine eventually, but right now it definitely seems like Marvin Jones is the guy that you want on this Jaguars offense. I still don't think he's more than anything of like a wide receiver three, but I do think Chark will eventually break out. I mean, he had a really good game one, and I really think that he's going to eventually turn around here with Lawrence, but Jaguars are just unfortunately not a very good team at the moment. Next up, we've got the Bills who rolled the Dolphins. Modest game here for Josh Allen, uh, but three rushing touchdowns for the Bills, one for Singletary, who dominated carries, and two for Zach Moss. Dennis, is this a sign of big things to come for the Bills' run game? Should mention that one of those Zach Moss touchdowns came after a Josh Allen touchdown run was called back, as he technically, I guess, gave himself up, and they called him down at the, like, one-inch line. The the officials have been on fire so far this (laughs) season, haven't they? No. I I think we've seen right now that until he breaks, Devin Singletary is the 60% share of that backfield. And Moss is going to be the 30% share with Breda taking 10. Um, If Singletary gets injured, then I think it switches. They're not afraid to use Moss. And I could see Moss eating into a bigger share. It looks like he's established himself as the goal line back uh, when Josh Allen isn't the goal line back. So I, I think it portends well for Devin Singletary because he is the passing down back. He is going to get the most targets. So if he's getting 60% of the carries and 80% of the running back targets, I'm okay having Singletary as my RB two-ish, three-ish if I have to at least until he breaks down. Yeah, going off, first of all, I was uh, probably a great relief to many that Zach Moss was active. Uh, second, getting the touchdowns. You know, if you took a swing and started him, you got a big payoff thanks to those goal line work because eight carries for 26 yards didn't exactly light the world on fire nor impress me. And you have to think that a big portion of them deciding to run the ball more was the fact that they were creaming the Dolphins. Uh, and we're up 
quite a bit late in the game. So I, I don't know if I still feel that comfortable with the running game. Singletary's still the one I want. I think he's a flex. Yeah, I mean, Singletary's look good to kick off the season. A lot better than I thought he was going to. I really kind of uh, viewed him as like an afterthought in that backfield. And he has uh, definitely come on strong here. I'm, I'm really surprised and happy for him. You know, he was a guy that we liked coming out. Uh, a couple of years ago, and then really just hasn't been able to put together. Maybe that was the injuries, who knows, uh, but he is definitely looking a lot better right now. Matt, Tua got injured early in this game, and the Dolphins never seem to recover. If he misses time, should we be worried about the Dolphins? And do you think the Dolphins revisit the Watson talks? We should mention, if you don't know, Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback of note if uh, Tua does miss more time. I think of note is probably the kindest thing we can say about his performance yesterday. I, if, if two is out, even if two is in, you know, I think the Dolphins haven't looked incredible. They eked out a win thanks to some good defense uh, week one. They got, they didn't, they were never in the game yesterday. It didn't look like they haven't really found a way to get the running game going, despite how much we like Miles Gaskin. Jacoby Brissett did not look like he was the answer to any question other than, are you playing for a lottery pick in the NFL draft um, yesterday? And they have the Raiders on the road this week, and the Raiders have actually looked really good. They took out the Ravens and the Steelers in consecutive weeks, so that's a tough matchup. I do think if Tua, if the reports come back that he's due to miss a huge chunk of time, you're going to hear stirrings about a Deshaun Watson trade again because it was not exactly the most um, assertive answer at the beginning of the season when they were asked whether they were considering Watson over Tua. So I, I think you'll hear it, but you'll, you're going to hear it probably from fans that you know are just like, oh, we can't go with Jacoby Brissett. If I were going to put money down on them bringing in a quarterback that they're going to bring in probably Phillip Rivers. You know, the high school football season is starting to come to an end. Rivers, I don't think he really cares if he plays again. But we saw the, the Dolphins lure Jay Cutler out of retirement as well. So they could be like, you know, Tua is going to be out for an extended period. We need somebody that's going to be able to – uh, make decisions, get our guys in the best position. And Brissett, man, I'd like to think at this point in his career, he, he could at least be Chase Daniels' level backup, but he just seems to be fading and fading, and, and that's too bad. I, I always kind of liked Jacoby Brissett, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I have no faith in this offense if Brissett's going to be the quarterback. Now, granted, Buffalo does have a good defense, so maybe we should cut him a little bit of slack, but they just did not look good at all yesterday. The running backs, wide receivers, none of them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they revisit the Watson talk. I mean, we're already seeing Texans fans now with Tyrod being out, which we'll obviously get to here in a couple minutes, talking about how Watson should be starting. That The NFL has come out and said he's not on the exempt list. He can play, so – Maybe the Dolphins do make a move for him. You know, we've talked a lot about this in the offseason that it seems like a lot of his court stuff is not going to come to um, to a head until I think February of next year. So yeah. there's a realistic chance you get him all of this season and we don't see any kind of suspension or anything coming until next season. So maybe they do make the move. I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see if they do. It is a rib injury. I haven't seen how long they're saying to is expected to be out. So maybe he won't be out that long. 
Well, they did say the x-rays were negative last night on Football Night in America, so maybe that portends some better Still news. rib injuries. Those are uh, – I've, I've yeah. messed up cartilage in my rib, and that still yeah. feels like you're dying every day, and that's not even a broken rib. So I can't, uh, can't imagine what two is going through right now, and he's going to get hit a lot. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess maybe that's one of those things you can shoot up. I'm not 100% sure. The Chicago Bears hang on to beat the Bengals 22-17 in this one. It was a tough start for Burrow and the Bengals, Dennis, but a 14-point quarter helps. What did we learn about this offense? Well, the connection between Burrow and Chase is there. The connection between Burrow and Higgins is there. And he's not afraid to throw it to – Boyd either the uh they I don't think they roster a tight end I think they're starting they're lining up six tackles or something uh CJ Uzama would take the differ it was a uh disappointing game from Mixon I know the Bears are purportedly a pretty decent defense but I would have liked to have seen a little more offense out of out of Mixon but I think the Bengals are gonna they're gonna they're in make it through 2021 without getting our uh, skill players killed. And I wouldn't be surprised if whoever's the coach next year, like triples down on offensive linemen early in the draft and just goes out and, and drafts a bunch of offensive linemen to, to restock, to get that line rebuilt. Ever since they let Andrew Whitworth go, it's it's been just a train wreck. Yeah, I think the same thing. The offensive line probably is still a work in progress. This offense as a whole is a work in progress. They have some talented pieces. There's going to be some growing pains. I think they're going to have some fun games like we saw last week, and they're going to have some games where it's more of a struggle. Um, So I don't think they're right there where you can feel rock solid about what you're going to see from the Bengals offense week to week. Yeah, unfortunately, that offensive line kind of cost Burrow a couple of those interceptions yesterday. One that tipped off his hand, another one kind of the same thing, or tipped off the defender's hand. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that magic seems to be there with him and Chase. I mean, that they just seem to to find that connection. I think Chase is almost moving to a, a you start him every single week kind of thing. He's, uh, I mean, a little bit lucky on the touchdown play. The defenders did hit each other, but still – I mean, the magic's there, baby. That LSU magic has made its way to Cincinnati, and you got to like it. On the Bears' side, Matt, Andy Dalton was injured, and Justin Fields came in. The Bears held on to win. Fields looked okay, I think is the, the nice way to put it. Do you think they stick with him no matter what? They said that it is a knee bruise. We've seen some quarterbacks have been able to play through that. Some it's taken a couple weeks to come back. So what do you think uh, this week? They get the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Who are you expecting the starting quarterback to be for the Chicago Bears? I find it interesting that the diagnosis is a knee bruise, considering it was a non-contact injury. It seemed that he took a, a bad step, which usually is, you know, a warning sign so for a ligament. I but. will say that actually happened to me, but that was because I hyper. Well, see, I, I didn't see the hyperextension of the knee on that place. I know what you're talking about, but then yeah. they did. He did come back in, and maybe it happened after the fact, but that. Did happen to me where I hyperextended and my my knee like did that and hit each other and it caused a knee bruise and it but it was because I stepped well, in like a hole in the middle of the field and my knee buckled. He could also have gotten banged around on a previous play and it was just that that step to it. But somebody said uh, on Twitter last night that the Bears defense bailed uh, Nagy out 
I actually think uh, it might be Andy Dalton's injury bails Nagy out because he has seemed unwilling to make the switch. And I think this injury would be a perfect way to uh, let Justin Fields start. And we talked about it before. Once he starts, I don't think you take him off. Well, the Bears publicist came out today and said that when he's healthy, Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback. Uh, what else are they going to say? I mean, they're not going to Phil Simms him right the day after he gets hurt. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I think that, you know, it, I would have liked to have seen Fields perform better. Like he had, it, it was like he, he had like a, a mastery of the few plays he was initially supposed to do. But I would have expected him to have a better grasp of the overall game plan to be able to execute it. I mean, he's got a better arm than Dalton. He's more mobile than Dalton. So, you know, Cincinnati's defense, I don't think, you know, they're not that they're not tricking people. It isn't loaded with, with you know, high end talent. So it was a little disappointing in that performance. Yeah, I'm. I watched a lot of that once Fields went in. There was a lot of drop passes. And I don't want to give Fields any excuses because he also did not play well. I'm mean, Like I said, I, I watched most of that once he went in. Uh, he definitely missed some throws. Looked a little skittish back there. Uh, had the fumble that he got lucky to recover. Uh, but Allen Robinson dropped a touchdown. Darnell Mooney dropped a big play. So I don't want to put it all on Fields. The one thing I'll say on him not knowing the playbook, I don't know how much he's actually gotten with the first team, though, either. That's kind of going to be one of my big questions. You know, They're probably throwing Dalton out there a whole lot. I don't know how much uh, Fields gets to work with them. I'm sure he knows the playbook, but running with that first team and working with them and practicing with them I think matters. So if he is given the job, and I, I think that – I don't know if he'll be given the job, but maybe Andy Dalton needs a week or two to rest that knee – and they throw fields out there, and if he plays well enough, I mean, the Browns' defense has looked okay, not great. I mean, they gave up 21 points to the Houston Texans of all teams. So uh, I think fields could go out there and still have a pretty good game coming home to um, Ohio there. So very interesting if they do put him out there. Uh, we'll see. We'll wait and see more of the news here on Dalton, obviously, as the week progresses and whether or not he will start for the or for the Bengals again. Bengals. He used to start for the Bengals. For the Bears against the Browns. Speaking of the Browns, they won 31-21 over the Houston Texans. Matt, Texans and Tyrod got off to a good start, and he was looking really good, but then he leaves with the injury. Davis Mills comes in, looked okay. Do you think they roll with Mills, or do they test their resolve with Watson? Uh, the report now coming out is Taylor will be out for at least four weeks. Yeah, and David Culley got asked uh, or did a press conference today, and preemptively I heard the clip uh, on NFL radio when I was driving home said before anyone has a chance to ask, Deshaun Watson will be deactivated this week as he will be every week this season. And that sounded pretty firm. Uh, so I think it is uh, Davis Mills. It It's going to be – and who's their next quarterback, Jeff Driscoll? Um, they're probably uh, going to have to bring somebody back because I think they, yeah. carry they probably three. have somebody on the practice. Yeah, I, it probably Dr Driscoll was a the guy they picked up. I mean, I'm not sure the Texans are trying to win, so 
Right. So they, they don't have anything to gain. by. So right now, currently on their active roster, they do not have another quarterback. They, they're going to have to activate somebody. It's just Tyrod, Davis Mills, and then obviously Deshaun Watson. You know, Mills, I think given the situation, he probably did okay. Uh, he's not going to have the mobility that Tyrod Taylor has. Um, you know, they spent, what, a fourth-round pick on him? Yeah. Third, I think. You know, it, it, I, they drafted I thinking, him way too early, regardless was, of where they drafted I was thinking Well, there was no quarterbacks left. Yeah, I was I, I was know. thinking third, and I thought, no, that, that's too early. It must have been a fourth. But I think you're right. I think it is a third. It, it, so obviously, you know, it only takes one team to fall in love. We've seen that with player after player after player. And given that the Texans did not really have any earlier draft picks, no, they drafted him in the third and he was their first draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. No, uh, Nico Collins was their first draft pick. Oh, okay. Was it? I thought they took Nico Collins after him. Uh, I'm almost positive look, Davis look, Mills look, came first because I remember all of us talking crap to the, about the Texans using their first pick on Davis Mills of all people. I could be wrong, but I'm oh, almost yeah, positive right. he got drafted they, first. They, they yeah, Davis Mills, the third pick in the third round. Yeah. It's a uh, so you know Mills could come in and with a full week go out and be serviceable. It's not a full week though. They play Thursday night against Carolina. Yeah. Well, I mean, he got a head start. He played yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, on the plus side of things, you know, the three running backs in Houston are like RB33, RB35, and RB37. Hey, so Philip nice Lindsay has played quarterback. So. Of fantasy points there. You know, I, I wanted, you know, my, my whole feeling after – you know, halfway through that Browns game was, man, the Texans are scrappy. You know, they're, they go, you know, they're the the little engine that could, they're in there and they're fighting. They're like, you know, they've been backed into a corner and they're coming out swinging. And if they get their ass whooped, they get their ass whooped, but at least they're going down and taking their pride with them. And, you know, I don't know if they'll be able to keep doing that with Mills. I, you know, being a, a very untested rookie. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't think, you know, declining a penalty and punting on third down or whatever the hell Cully did or making it, make it instead of accepting the penalty and being third and 10, declining the penalty and being fourth and two, it's probably not the best thing from a coaching perspective. So, you know, they've got that going for them. Also, can we, uh, did anyone have Davis Mills starting an NFL game before Trey Lance in the pool? No, I don't think so. I, I'm not sold that Davis Mills is going to be able to do anything. I've watched his career at Stanford. Uh, it wasn't great. He was a very high prospect coming out of high school, so he did have a lot of injuries, though, in college. Maybe that's what held him back. I will say he didn't look horrible, uh, but I, I don't know that I'm betting on him. I think the only player – I mean, I wonder what this even does to Brandon Cooks, who's been phenomenal to start off the season as well, if he's the one uh, that gets affected more than this running game. Here with Mills Dennis, it was a slow start for the Browns as well, but they rally and get the win. Should we worry about Baker and the pass offense, um, especially now knowing we will miss our Jarvis Landry? They say week to week, but a lot of the uh, the 
the uh, doctors and everything. Well, I mean, yeah, they are doctors technically. I follow on Twitter said it's likely that he'll miss four weeks or he won't be fully healthy and ready to go for at least four weeks. You know, as some, so it's it's Peoples Jones, it's Higgins, it's Schwartz, it's Njoku, Brian, Brian, Cooper, yeah, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You know, it is what it is. I've, I've, it, it's going to be a team that can score some points and grind clock. I don't, I don't know that they're going to have come from behind ability. Um, you know, come from a field goal behind, maybe come from a touchdown behind. Um, now I'm getting a little bit questionable. The defense is going to have to step up and, and make some plays, create some turnovers, some short fields. But we know Baker has this charisma and this ability to motivate people. And I feel like Peoples Jones and Schwartz and Higgins, those guys are going to go out there and they're they're going to they're going to do what they need to do uh, to get the job done. They, I, I feel like Peoples Jones will slide right into the Odell role. You'll have Schwartz as the deep threat. And, and Higgins will step into the Jarvis Landry role. Maybe even Njoku takes some of that short work and continues uh, his quasi-breakout. Uh, am I worried? <sighs> of course you're worried. You, you, you lost your top two wide receivers. But we are a run-first team. I was bummed. I I uh, looked at a – I was calling for a 100-yard game from both Chubb and Hunt. Yeah, hopefully Odell will be able to play week three because that would help relieve it a little bit. I liked what I saw from Demetric Felton. Um, you know, yeah, they do have good. Hunt. The tight ends have been really good. So I think there are some pieces. They may not have the most robust passing offense, but if the running and defense can keep him in there, I think Baker's making enough plays to with what he has to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need Odell back. And, and and speaking of Baker, can I I just like can I have can I have a minute here? Look, Baker, I love you. And I talked with uh with Mr. Barry, Andrew. I, we're on a first name basis, so I'm gonna say Andrew. I've talked with Andrew and you're I know we haven't paid you yet. You're the guy. And we love you. If you throw an interception, for the love of all things holy, please do not tackle the guy. I don't need you knocked out. I was crying Sunday. It was not pretty. Everybody was making fun of me. I need you. All right. I cannot lose you. This is a big season for us. We cannot go back to being four and twelve. So please, when you throw an interception, just you know, let's let's calm it down. Let the let the other guys says how Odell got hurt. If they gotta run it in, they run it in. Who cares? We'll be fine. Let's not get hurt. So that, that's all I've really got to say on that. Uh, you know, nah, I was not really thrilled with that. Thought the season was over. May have broken some things. Now, obviously, that was a little bit premature, but uh, it was not pretty for like five minutes there Sunday. Even uh, Kareem Sunday Hunt was like, hey, man, next time, let me tackle him. You know, yeah, I mean, look, no offense. Was Case Keenum, he's like, oh, shit, I'm going yeah, to go so play. Yeah, so was I. So all of Cleveland was panic-stricken. They're like, wait, who's our backup again? So, yeah, no, it was uh, – yeah, no offense to Kareem, but I'm okay losing Kareem. I'm not okay losing Baker. Like, come on, man. Like, I get it. You're a fighter, and we love that about you, but let's not kill yourself trying to make the tackle on the interception. Uh, really quick, any takers on starting Daniel Jones or Justin Fields this upcoming week? I've been getting destroyed at the QB position the past two weeks. 
I don't see how you don't start Daniel Jones. I'm almost positive he's QB1 in fantasy right now. I mean, uh, for as bad as the Giants is. Well, he's not QB1 um, just because, uh, you know, I think Kyler's actually QB1. Okay. Um, jo- Jones dropped to QB4 for the week already. Okay. And we haven't okay. seen Aaron Rodgers, but he's QB5. I, yeah, QB5. I, would, I apologize, Matt. Yeah, he's QB5. We haven't, we haven't seen Go Aaron Rodgers play. I don't I think Aaron Rodgers is going to jump. But, yeah, Jones, I think, as bad as the Giants have looked. Well, I don't even think the Giants have looked that bad, actually. We talked a little bit about that on the Friday episode. Giants have not looked that bad. Uh, and I think Daniel Jones, whether the Giants win games or not, is still going to produce for you fantasy-wise. Against the, two good defenses, too. He's only had yeah. one turnover. And I'm going to tell you, because I saw it, that was not his fault. That was a phenomenal defensive play. The uh, Rams play a close one with the Colts here, beating them 27 to 24. Matt, we talked a lot about Tyler Higby. Yeah, you just right. one target. I didn't want to read that part. I just wanted, you know, I was curious no, if anybody I, was. You got to have props. You did not think that he was. Uh, well, but we'll see. In. It's only it's only two games in, but obviously uh, we saw this last year. Huge week one, and then like nothing the rest of the season. Only gets one target, but Cooper Cup seems to be the guy. So not just Higby, are we starting to worry about Robert Woods as well? Because he has not done – I thought he was going to be the guy for Stafford, and it clearly seems to be the Cooper Cup show. I don't know if I'm worried about Woods. He got nine tar- – uh, wait, he got – yeah, nine targets yesterday. Caught five for 64. He didn't have a huge game, but he's getting targeted. He and, and Cup do seem like the best – Cup has seemed to have an incredible uh, relationship. I think he has great potential to stay top 10. Woods will probably still shake out in the wide receiver two arena. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Woods had nine targets and two carries. Cup had 11 targets and one carry. Uh, Cup just converted 11 of nine, and Woods only converted five or nine of 11, and Woods converted five of nine. Uh, and then Cup had the two touchdowns, but... Uh, uh, clearly, uh, on the way out the door, Jared Goff placed a call to Matthew Stafford and said, "Hey, take care of my boy Cooper while I, while you're there. He's he'll yeah. do you a solid." Cup looks amazing. He's doing a fantastic job. Uh, Higby, man, Higby just crushed me in my DraftKings lineups. Uh, it just, I, I I I went. I had Higby. At least you four. didn't bench Gronk for him. I had Higby in four lineups and Troutman in one, and I think between the two of them, they had two targets. One target. One target. You know, yeah, if, Troutman if, didn't get any, did he? If you'd have listened to this dude named uh, Matthew Burning on the Fantasy Football Roundtable, he would have told you, don't go with Higby. Fade him. Fade him. I don't think he's going to do it. But, Dennis. Zach Pascal gets another touchdown and 12 targets, eight receptions. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, but 12 targets and eight receptions for 123 yards for Pittman. Do we feel better about his role in the offense with Wentz having two ankle sprains? What do you think this offense will look like with Jacob Eason possibly starting next Sunday? Well, you know, the more the merrier, I guess, when it comes to ankle sprains. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, It's going to be rough with Eason. Hopefully, you know, they've got Eric Fisher back. You know, the line, if the line continues to gel, then maybe Jonathan Taylor is going to get a little more action when he went 15 for 51. So, if, he can, if Taylor can take some of that pressure off if Easton is playing. And Easton just needs to throw it near 
Michael Pittman. Just get it near him. He's big. He's what, 6'3? Just get it near him. He'll go get it. He wants to show that he's, you know, every bit as good a ball player as his dad. So he'll go get it. Get it out there. Let him go get it. Don't stand there too long. I'm not worried too much about Pittman, uh, but I do feel like this is going to be an offense that really only can, it, if Eason's the quarterback, they probably can only support one higher level pass receiver. Yeah, we talked that on Friday. The Rams defense was set up in a situation where they were almost daring the Bears to run, but it looked like they actually went back to more stacking the box, which would be an indication they weren't worried too much about Carson Wentz beating them. I don't, the only good news for the Colts and for people who are rostering Colts players that they would like to start is the Colts are playing the Tennessee Titans, where the defense is still just a rumor uh, in week three. But I would imagine you're going to see a lot of the defense just tamping down, trying to stop Jonathan Taylor and saying, hey, Jacob Eason, go ahead and throw it, because he didn't look very good when he came in. He wasn't incredible in the preseason. They don't have Sam Ellinger. He's still out with a knee injury. So it's either Eason or Brett Hundley. Um, I find it hard to believe Carson Wentz with a dual ankle sprain after breaking his foot and having surgery is coming back. Dude just can't stay healthy. I don't know why you don't throw Brett Hundley out there then. We don't need that. He can manage an offense. He can manage an offense. I mean, I I wish we could have seen some more dump-offs there to Jonathan Taylor. It seemed like that receiving game kind of almost went away completely here in week two, which is a little bit disappointing. He did get intercepted on a shuffle. uh, Uh, Yes, I know. Shuttle pass, Carson Wentz. So maybe throwing it short wasn't good for him. I don't know. I just uh, give some credit to the defense for diagnosing the play maybe it was just an excellent no he threw it like right to the defender it seems to be like a thing now i everybody wants to copy the patrick mahomes little quick shuffle pass and and defenders are just like oh well thanks and so yeah i don't know about that i don't know i need jonathan taylor to step it up i'm not really thrilled with what really the i mean he was bailed out by the receiving work in week one he has not really looked good running so far i think he's at 3.6 yards a carry which is one of the lowest in the nfl right now it's not, not looking well, great they need quentin nelson great. and eric fisher you know to be healthy to open some holes i know he'll be fine dennis but we're in week three already and i am one and one i need some wins baby it's not looking good i don't oh know there goes my mouse i need him to step it up because i'm throwing shit over here because I'm unhappy with the way Jonathan Taylor is playing. All right. The Patriots roll the Jets in this one, 25-6. Matt, who do you trust to start from the Patriots offense? You know, I think Mac Jones has looked competent, but for fantasy purposes, doesn't seem like he's putting up big numbers, and that probably has a little bit to do with they don't still don't have an inspiring receiving core. We had hoped we were going to see Warner, both of these tight ends, really pop, but it does not seem like that's been the case so far. I think, really, honestly, the best plays are Damian Harris and James White. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think the issue, though, might be is I feel like either of them can get game scripted out if for some reason Miami or uh, New England has to run. They're in a position to grind clock or if they're behind, uh, then it may be a James White game and not so much Damian Harris. But they are the two guys, them and and. Mac is a low end QB two and super flex. 
uh, for a matchup play. You know, you have to kind of look at it and see if you, if you could, if you think he's going to throw close to 30 times and maybe you throw him in, if not until a couple of those wide receivers step up, you know, isn't Nikhil Harry supposed to be coming off IR or something soon? Does that matter? Mac Jones did throw it 30 times and got what a little over six fantasy points. Problem with him is he's not going to run. I almost feel like he's a high end QB three with potential upside. Harris looked good. I mean, hey, he got that one touchdown with a nice long run, breaking like 13 tackles, and that's what you like to see because that's probably the only way he's going to score touchdowns. But I'm with you, Matt. I think it's really just James White. And uh, if they could just get Janu a little bit more involved, I'd feel better starting him. But right now I'm kind of with you. It's just Damian Harris and James White. Dennis, Zach Wilson looked well bad. Throwing four interceptions, just a bad day, a sign of a long season to come. For the young rookie, he does get that uh, vaunted Broncos secondary next week. We we talked a lot in the preseason and the offseason about what the expectations were for Wilson and, and for the Jets, and none of us had real high hopes for them. I mean, granted, we had higher hopes for the Jets, I think, than the Jags and the Texans, but that may have been uh, unwarranted. Uh, they're every bit as bad, I think, uh, as the uh, Jets or the, the Jags and Texans. Um, you know, he's going to go through some stuff. It's living and learning right now. He's getting some uh, OJT all season. It's going to be, uh, I don't think there's any situation I could see myself starting Zach Wilson. Uh, I think you're starting to look, if you're in a super flex league and he's your QB too, uh, I think you're starting to look at positional players to see, uh, who can get you seven points? Yeah, I know Felix loves Zach Wilson, but many people had some questions about what how he was going to fare. New York, not the easiest place to play. It had to have been a bitter pill for Jets fans to swallow to see Sam Darnold going for 300-plus yards and leading his team to a 2-0 start, while Zach Wilson had as many interceptions as completions for a while there. I don't think it's going to get uh, better anytime soon. They're on the road in Denver um, Denver really confounded Trevor Lawrence yesterday, um, picked him off a couple of times. He only went 14 to 33. I think it's going to be a long season for Jets fans. Yeah. Good at Justin Fields. All right. San Francisco and the Eagles, uh, the 49ers win 17 to 11. And what was a just weird game altogether? Uh, Matt, we didn't see much of Trey Lance while Jimmy G had a strong day throwing and ran for a touchdown. Is he the guy in San Francisco for the time being? You know, I think he is. The teams looked good. They're two and O. Um, he isn't turning the ball over. He did, you know, fairly well rushing. We talked about it before when he played a full season, the last time he played a full season for the 49ers, they ended up in the Super Bowl. I think a big question for the 49ers has been his health and long-term could, you know, could they find somebody who's more dynamic? I think we've seen that they were interested in potentially uh, having Trey Lance learn this season and the way Jimmy G's playing. I don't see any reason why they need to rush that process. They've done everything Kyle Shanahan said he wanted to do with uh, the Garoppolo Lance pairing. Uh, I think the issue is, is that we listen to what he says about running backs so we don't believe him about quarterbacks either. 
Yeah. But he's doing basically what he said. My bad. I thought you were going to talk longer than that. I wanted a cookie. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you give him out a cookie, he'll ask for a glass of milk. They're so good. Um, yeah, Jimmy G, you look good. That's about all I got. Great to see Brandon Ayuk out there. Matt yeah, Jalen Hurts caught a pass. Hey, yep. A journey of That's a thousand true. miles starts with just one step. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, struggled this week. He did have a 91-yard pass, though. That was that was called back, wasn't it? No, completed um, 91-yard pass, but completed just 11 for 22. Uh, do we trust him as a weekly starter? We talked a lot about that last week. Do we still as as our your mind changed after one week of play? I mean, it's a tough defense. I still think I feel better if he uh, was a QB two than a QB one, um, but you know. You know, we'll have to see how he does going forward. He still got you 82 rushing yards and a touchdown. So if you started him, uh, you got a decent return. Um, but the schedule is going to get a little bit tougher than it was probably that first week in Atlanta. Yeah, I, you know, Hertz has upside and he's going to get it through running while he grows into the quarterback passing. Um, it's just it is what it is right now though there were concerns about his anticipation with the throwing he looked great against uh, atlanta but that 70 80 yards i think is what we're going to need to see out of him each week to be a startable uh, quarterback in super flex yeah i think the rushing is what's still going to keep him up there. I mean, he definitely did not look that great, but San Francisco, I think, still has a very good defense. We've kind of forgotten about it because of all the injuries they had last year and obviously the comeback by Detroit last week in the third and fourth quarter, but I still think overall San Francisco's defense looks pretty good. It was just a weird game yesterday. Even San Francisco struggled to get the ball going. I don't know that Philly's defense is that good. I think there was some weather stuff going on in that as well at times, so uh, overall I still think Hurts is going to be a, a QB won mostly because of, as well, the, the rushing upside. It was great to see what he did passing the ball there in week one, uh, but I don't know that that will continue. Overall, though, still a very good quarterback. Next up, speaking of a good quarterback, Derek Carr has been on fire to uh, kick off this season. Throws for 382 yards after going for 435 on Monday night. Matt, are the Raiders for real? You were the one who I believe had them the highest out of the three of us. Yeah, they're a little better than even I expected. Um, but I I think they have looked pretty good. Um, they're getting... Uh, you know, they're getting some pretty good uh, passing numbers. And yesterday wasn't all about Waller. Henry Ruggs may not have been our favorite player, and I may think he's a little limited, but he has been pretty decent at the one thing that he's really good at, which seems to be getting behind people and, and getting down there. They definitely stunned the Steelers. They get a what's likely a banged-up Dolphins team uh, this week. They seem like they're in a good position to start 3-0, but with the Raiders, it's not how they start. It's been how they finish the last two seasons, and that's what I think has to be a little bit of a, a concern as we hit the midseason mark. Yeah, I, I, I've got hopes for Brian Edwards. I think he's going to you know, be a consistent wide receiver two slash three with the occasional wide receiver one upside. 
Ruggs is going to need to continue to get open. I think if he can get open and build that confidence in David Carr, then he's going to get more opportunity. But as it is right now, he's no higher than number four on the pecking order. He's behind Hunter Renfro. He's behind Edwards. And everybody is behind Waller. Um, I was probably, uh, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen a little more out of Edwards. It was nice to see Ruggs get the big one, but uh, at, I, I'm looking for a Michael Pittman-esque game out of Brian Edwards here in the next couple weeks. Well, I mean, Edwards did have a 30-yard touchdown that was called back due to holding on the offensive line, which was a little bit of a phantom holding call, if you ask me. It really was not, uh, in my opinion, at least a a major holding call. So Edwards would have had a much better day, uh, obviously had that gone his way. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's going to start stepping up. It was nice to see Ruggs get involved. I liked it more just because John Gruden was so excited when they hit that play, and it was a beautiful throw by Carr um, as well. I've been very surprised with how good he's looked. I mean, he, he like Matt, you said earlier, he's done this a lot to kick off yeah. the years. Can they sustain this? Uh, it's going to be fun to see because, like I said, I don't think any of us picked him to make the playoffs, but, Matt, you definitely had them having a much better season than Dennis and I did. Another middling offensive game for the Steelers here, Dennis, is the offensive line holding them back. Yes. I mean, it, they, 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 need, they need some more talent. They've lost a couple guys with DeCastro getting old and retiring, with Pouncey getting old and retiring. Um, they need an influx of youth and talent on the offensive line. You know, Harris, what, 10 carries for 38 yards. He made up a little bit in the uh, passing game. I feel that... It's just they, they're they getting there. You know, Harris is doing some good things. Ben and the receiving core, they're starting to come around. Uh, it's just, it's going to take some time. Najee Harris, you know, as good as he is, he's still playing against NFL players for the first time. And as good as he is, it, as good as Alabama is, uh, it's still different in the NFL. You're seeing them fight and scrap for yards, though. I, I think if they had a little bit better blocking or getting a little bit better push, he'd be in better shape. But I, I would start to be concerned if I was a Steelers fan. They don't play against the easiest competition in their own division. They were kind of lucky to be able to come back and get that win against Buffalo because Buffalo did a few self-inflicted wounds. Losing at home to the Raiders, uh, they were they were pretty soundly beaten. It also had to have uh, burned, I know, I was I was caught with mixed emotions. I was excited that Juju Smith-Schuster got me points, but I was also depressed as a Najee Harris owner that Juju Smith-Schuster got the you know goal line three yard carry. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we also got to watch. Uh, Deontay got hurt in this one uh, as well. They're saying not serious, but obviously, uh, kind of. Not great. I think, Stupid, in my opinion, to have him out there when the game's over with on the final play and, and allowing him to get hurt. While the while the offensive line hasn't looked good, I will also add neither has Big Ben. I watched a lot of that game yesterday. He was missing throws, making a lot of dumb throws. I don't think we're going to see a rebound of that guy like maybe we thought uh, we were going to. Just not not a great game all around. I'm I'm really worried not just for him but uh, for the Steelers' offense. So we have 
one game left in week two, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers. That's, that's like you guys. Are you on DraftKings? No? You're new customers. I'm there. I don't get it. I've been using DraftKings uh, for a couple years now. I had a pretty good week this week. Um, but a new customer, uh, sign up, bet $1 on an NFL game, and DraftKings is going to deposit uh, $150 worth of betting credits into your account. Uh, if sportsbooks if sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftCook still has Draft Kings. Excuse me, stumbling on this one. If sportsbooks are still not available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. That's the important part. Promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sponsor or slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I feel like calling 1-800-GAMBLER right now just to see what they would do. Also, Draft Cooks would be an incredible reality show where you would find the guy to make your tailgate food. Oh, oh, that's a good tailgate. Dude. That's a that's a good call. You should um, what's that? Copyright that really quick because someone listening might steal that from you. All right, <laughs> next up, the uh, Panthers uh, beat up on the Saints twenty six to seven. Matt, you were the one who picked the Panthers to win, so I'm going to go to you with the Panthers here. Sam Darnold throws for three hundred plus, and the Panthers are two and zero. Oh. Are we starting to believe in the Carolina fighting Sam Darnolds? Yeah, you know what? I I think they do look good. They they uh, made a commitment to Darnold. They're going to have him for two years. I don't think it was the toughest schedule out of the box. We saw the Jets maybe not the not the greatest all-around team uh, after yesterday. The Saints uh, looked really flat, but you know Christian McCaffrey is there producing. Sam Darnold looked good. He had a good connection with DJ Moore. He uh, developed a connection with Dan Arnold, the tight end they got. Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall got involved. Brandon's Lystra, you know, good thing we're not pronouncing anything. He he got the ball, uh, you know, around. They have a pretty easy week three game as they're going. Uh, it is a short week, but they're going to the Texans and probably facing Davis Mills. They have a chance to get off to a really great start. That will, I think, give them a chance to maybe finish above 500, be in the playoff mix. I think yeah. Sam Darnold is settling in nicely in that offense. Uh, I did hate that Brandon Zilstra caught the touchdown pass. And after week one, I was like, okay, Dan Arnold isn't going to be a thing. But now after week two, I'm like, well, can Dan Arnold consistently be a thing? I'm not asking for like 10 targets, but if we can get him five targets every week, I think Arnold, Arnold, Dan Arnold uh, can be a consistent – 
top 15, top 18 tight end. Yeah, I mean, Joe Brady saving a quarter, another quarterback's career. I mean, just looking at uh, what he did for Teddy Bridgewater last year to get him to Denver, did you know? No one has attempted more 20-yard-plus throws this season than gunslinger Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, there you go, a little, little nugget there for you guys. Uh, I bet he hasn't the completed the most, game. though. Probably hasn't, but hey, at least he's throwing them. But Darnold uh, is benefiting from Joe Brady. I talked a lot about this Panthers offense last year. I thought they were going to be really good with Bridgewater. Said Darnold is a better quarterback. I was low on them, though. They definitely look like they are looking good. Dennis, uh, we got bad James this week. Is this going to be a consistent struggle? Was week one an aberration for Mr. Winston? I think both weeks were aberrations for Mr. Winston. Uh, I think the real Jameis is somewhere in the middle. Decent yardage, couple touchdowns, but a couple interceptions here and there. He's gonna he's gonna take some chances. Um, I, I think he gets a lot of flack for being a turnover machine at time times, but. He's a turnover machine at times because he he takes chances other people just won't. And I think if I want a gutsy quarterback, there's a time to shut it down and turtle up. Uh, Jameis is missing that gene, but sometimes you know you got to take the good with the bad, and he's gonna he's gonna be just fine. Uh, give him some opportunity. He he developed a little more. Uh, rapport with Marquez Callaway this week. Little Jordan Humphrey caught a pass. Uh, I, I think that it needs to, the team in general needs to find consistency with Jameis, and Jameis needs to find consistency. So as they keep going through the process, give it a few weeks, it's going to settle in and everything's going to be just fine. Yeah, you also got to wonder did the Saints catch the blowout flu from the Packers during that post-game handshake in week one because they certainly rolled out and looked flat as hell on uh, Sunday. I mean, nobody looked good. Even Alvin Kamara, eight carries for five yards. I mean, it didn't look like they could do a lot. They have, you know, they have some roster issues, but I, I don't, I think Dennis is right. Jameis probably somewhere in the middle. He didn't have to throw a lot, and it didn't look like they got challenged a lot in week one. I mean, only 20 completions, five touchdowns probably skewed a little bit. I think it's going to be um, an up-and-down season for the Saints, to say the least. Again, 30 for 30 just a couple years ago. I've, I've said even after week one that the kid hasn't changed. I don't think he has now. I, I don't think he's going to have a good season. I get it. He was a really good quarterback last week. I think Green Bay just had a – they just had – we see that every year from Green Bay. They just have one game that you're just like, why, like, what the hell happened to him? I think that was last week. I think the Saints that we saw this week is going to be more of what we see the rest of the season. The Cardinals and the Vikings played a very good game yesterday with the Cardinals coming out on top 34-233. Matt, the Vikings put up a good fight, but they fall short. This might not be a good team, but will they be a fun fantasy team? And let's take the back. They're not a good team, but will they be a good fantasy team? Yeah, I think the best part of uh, the Viking experience yesterday, I don't know if you guys heard the audio of their radio team when that field goal went up. Um, their radio announcer actually thought the field goal was good for a few seconds. You know, it was screaming good, and you can hear the color guy saying, no, he missed that. Um, that probably sums up the Viking season perfectly. They do look like they're going to be pretty good for fantasy. 
Kirk uh, making the most of, you know, being in these kind of shootout games. Doesn't look like their defense improved. Dalvin Cook's good. Uh, I think I'm I'm quietly impressed with K.J. Osborne. He's had two very good games in a row. Um, so these are probably players you're going to want to play in fantasy. Uh, the Vikings still might end up last place in the NFC North. The, the Vikings have all the makings right now of a team that's playing to outscore people. They know their defense is struggling, and it feels almost like Zimmer's like, I want to run the ball. I want to grind it out. I want to play smart, tough defense. And then he looked at his team and said, well, I also want to win, so let's throw the ball. Uh, I've got Justin Jefferson. I've got Adam Thielen. K.J. Hamler, or K.J. Hamler, K.J. Osborne has stepped up and looks through two games. He looks like he's the real deal. Uh, he, he's played great in both games. Dalvin is doing Dalvin things, 22 carries for 131 yards. Uh, and then he caught two of three passes. So the only thing that Dalvin missed was getting in the end zone. Uh, I, I'd like to see Kirk throw for a few more yards if I, if I have to be starting him. But I'll take uh, three touchdowns any day of the week from my quarterback. Yep. I mean, I, I said it when we did our predictions. I thought that they were going to be the worst in the NFC North and one of the worst teams in the NFC. I don't think I don't see that changing, but I do think that's good for fantasy. Likely means a lot of not just garbage time points, but passing points, which helps Cook, Jefferson, Thielen. K.J. Osborne at this point needs to be picked up. We'll talk more about that tomorrow on the Waiver Wire Show, but I think he's got a realistic shot of continuing to be a, a very good uh, Good wide receiver for this team right now. Dennis, the Cardinals are 2-0, and and Rondell Moore exploded. Are we buying it, and is Kyler an MVP candidate? Kyler is an MVP candidate, and I I feel like I'm, I've been wrong on Rondell Moore. Uh, he's producing. Now, I would like to see maybe him and A.J. Green's snap share switched. Uh, it does look like AJ just can't seem to convert the opportunities he's getting. And more, the, my only concern with more is if he's only playing 35, 36% of the snaps, that he can't continue the efficiency. And he's wide receiver 17 going into tonight's game through two weeks. Um, and if you're only playing 35, 40, 50% of the snaps, it's tough to maintain that kind of uh, efficiency. Uh, I do like what Arizona's doing. They're great for fantasy. You just, if you can hit who the, the second receiver is, I mean, who would have thought Max Williams, seven for seven for 94 yards? It's like two years ago, that was like the entire season of tight end production in 2019 for the Arizona Cardinals. And Max Williams did it in one game. Uh, talk about uh, uh, flash in the pan. So, no, I think Rondale Moore is the real deal. Uh, I uh, am so sorry that I did not draft him in the numerous opportunities that I had, and, and I will forever be shamed. Yeah, it's, I mean, he was, it seemed like in rookie drafts, he was in that kind of glut of receivers where you're deciding whether you're going to take him or Elijah Moore or Rashad Bateman. And so far, Rondale looks like he was 
the steal. He may not be getting a huge snap percentage right now, but he's leading the team in targets. He has one more target on the season than even DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's a sign that his production will probably lead to increased play. He seems like he's going to be a decent play with some decent upside going forward. And yes, I think uh, Kyler is an MVP candidate. Absolutely is. I feel like I was just a year early on my predictions here for the Cardinals. Loved Kyler last year, and I love the draft of uh, them drafting Rondell Moore because I think Cliff Kingsbury will use him correctly. I would not be surprised if over the next couple weeks he starts to overtake AJ Green with the way he played. Cliff Kingsbury was already talking him up, saying this is what I was looking for in my wide receivers. So I would not be surprised if he continues to get more snap share. Next up, the Bucks beat the Atlanta Falcons 48-25. to It was nice to see a little bit of life here from the Falcons, but it was a loss. Matt, do we feel more confident about the passing game pieces? And how about the split between Mike Davis and freaking Cordero Patterson of all people? Yeah, I did feel better as somebody who uh, was all in on Calvin Ridley. It was nice to see him getting going. Um, Still getting good target share for Kyle Pitts. Hopefully that will continue to improve. We think Atlanta is going to be behind, so they will be throwing. The backfield is a quagmire. I actually pulled Davis out of my lineups going into this week, and I don't think that was a terrible decision. Cordero Patterson is getting just enough work and seems to – he got – two touchdowns yesterday. They were about equal in their number of carries. Davis was a little more productive in yards. Cordero Patterson gets the touchdown. I think that's going to be a frustration and the backfield's not going to be a great consistent place for fantasy points. The the issue I have is that I think when Arthur Smith looks at Cordero Patterson, he has his Derrick Henry glasses on. He's like, man, this dude is big. He's fast in a straight line, and I I was successful with Derrick Henry, who doesn't go side to side. I mean, that's Patterson's thing. He doesn't go side to side, and but, man, he goes in a straight line fast, and, and I feel like Smith is going, if I can just get him loose, if I can just get him loose, and so he keeps giving him those you know, seven carries when he really he just needs to give him three carries and let Mike Davis do the grinding. Um, Davis, what well, he was 4.2 yards a carry yesterday. You know, if you had added, went from nine carries to 16, you know, maybe Davis gets the touchdown instead of Patterson, but Davis is being more productive than Patterson in, in the running game. So uh, I don't know. I'm still holding out hope for Mike Davis, but I, I think uh, Arthur Smith is going to squash that. I'm really not as worried about it for some reason. I just think Cordero, you know, he was having success yesterday against Tampa Bay, and because of the speed, I think that's why they started relying on him more than Mike Davis. Tell us you don't roster uh, Mike Davis without telling us you don't roster Mike Davis. Well, I don't roster Mike Davis. I yeah. refuse to, to have him on any of my rosters, yeah. but I, I really I mean, am not. I, your lack of concern. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, I, I'm I'm really not. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Davis goes back to next week having like 16 carries and Cordero getting like six or seven. I think they're going to continue to use him, but I, I don't – again, he was productive yesterday, as you just mentioned, against a very good Buccaneers defense. I just think it was because of Cor- with the way Cordero runs. He brings you a little bit something different to that offense. And let's be honest, he's a better pass catcher being a former wide receiver. Uh, so I think that's why they went to him. Dennis, how do you feel about the Buccaneers backfield? Rojo involved, Fournette involved. I'm they, pretty sure I had a couple carries for him yesterday. What is uh, What are your thoughts on the Buccaneers backfield? Well, I, I felt like it was going to be a Rojo bounce back game. 
and it, it was not. Uh, I felt like they were going to be able to run at will over Atlanta, and Atlanta said no. I mean, both backs had averaged over almost over four and a half yards of carry, but to only run the ball 17 times, I don't know. I, I get it. You've got a great passing game. It, it, it is probably one of the top, if not the top in the league. Uh, the backfield is going to be problematic. I, I, I feel like it should be, when they're grinding it out, it should be Rojo. But I don't think Rojo is still bounced back from the fumble, and Arians is still holding that over his head. It looks like Fournette's been better as a rusher and receiver. I think he probably has low end flex appeal for me, and that's it for the backfield. Yeah, I am right there with you. Next up, the game we thought was going to be a blowout ended up not being so. Dallas wins 22-17 over the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Dennis, should we be worried about the backfield split between Tony Pollard and Zeke? Tony Paul and does Tony Pollard have standalone value? Yeah, I think at this point Pollard is definitely flex worthy with upside. I think Zeke is going to continue to get his touches. Um, you know, they still have offensive line issues, and Zeke does not have the escapability he used to have after, you know, what a thousand carries or, or however many absurd carries he's had. He doesn't have that escapability, but he does. Ha- he does still have good power, and he can still be productive. But I do think Pollard is uh, a flex-worthy candidate on a weekly basis. Yeah, I agree. I think Tony Pollard has developed standalone flex value. It seemed like they're splitting work, and I don't know if that's maybe also to try to keep Zeke fresh for what they hope to be a playoff run, but um, I think that puts a little bit of a cap on Zeke's ceiling too. Yeah, I mean, Zeke wasn't bad yesterday, 16 carries, no. 71 yards, yeah. 4.4 per carry, and a touchdown. Uh, just Pollard was just more explosive. And that's why I'm not as worried about it. I think Pollard just, he looked a little bit better yesterday, had the touchdowns. Obviously, you know, they did come out at the beginning of the year and said they were going to kind of manage Zeke's workload a little bit for the playoffs because they wanted to go on a playoff run. So that part does worry me a little bit. But Zeke still got a lot of the work. He just kind of, I think, didn't get as lucky with uh, with the touchdown. And then obviously, I think, uh, if I'm almost positive, Pollard got more receptions than Zeke yesterday. He did. And that's the one thing that worries me because I think what Zeke had two catches yesterday. You want to see more catches for Zeke, especially because Dak is not running a lot. That's my biggest thing that I am worried about. Pollard, I do agree, though, probably has flex value. I don't know that he's going to be quite as good as he has been the past two weeks. I think he comes back to the pack a little bit, uh, but he definitely has some flex value. Pollard only had three catches. It wasn't like Pollard had nine catches. He had three to Zeke's two. Three targets to Zeke's two target. Both the of them. Question was, did he have more catches? The answer That's, is that, yes. that is he did true. Have more catches. That is technically the question I asked. But he also had four again in week one, I believe, if I remember correctly, yeah. for Pollard. So it's just the fact that they seem to be using him more. Because I think Zeke only had one or two in week one as well. I, I want to see Zeke be more involved in the passing game if possible. Matt, Mike Williams had a team high 10 targets and a great game, seven for 91 in one. Is he in for a big season? I mean, Joe Lombardi yep. talked about it all offseason. None of us believed him. Should we have listened to him? Yeah, I mean, 
I think he's definitely should be in consideration for wide receiver three. The way he's going, he could be in wide receiver two. I mean, he's Williams has consistently flashed. It's always been about consistency and health with him. There's never been an issue with talent. And right now he's playing consistent and he's playing healthy. As long as he can stay healthy with Herbert, I think he's going to have a great year. Uh, Keenan Allen, also great year. Yeah, I'm all in on the Chargers offense. You know, Justin Herbert for MVP. If Mike Williams can stay healthy, he's going to finish as a wide receiver two this year. Tennessee pulls off the upset in overtime here over the Seahawks, 33-30. to Dennis, the Titans looked awful early, and then Derrick Henry just took over this game. The Titans got Henry going, Julio going. Have they figured it out on offense? I, it looked like it. I mean, they they went into the toolbox, and apparently whoever was in it last took everything but the hammer out of it. And so they took the hammer, and they went to work. So uh, I'd like to think that uh, Vrabel was like, look, man, you're getting too cute. I know you want to put your own stamp on the offense, but Arthur Smith showed run Derrick Henry. And if you can't run Derrick Henry, I'm probably going to get a new offensive coordinator. So they ran Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think the biggest criticism last week and the first part of this week was the play calling, uh, and they seem to have gotten that figured out. I was also uh, impressed. Derrick Henry was pretty active in the passing game, got six for 55, which is not something you always see. Uh, but the Titans, I think, got it figured out, and they get the Colts this week. It's going to be a important early game in the AFC South. Yeah, I would just like to uh, to Tennessee fans, you're welcome. Uh, last week I questioned Derrick Henry's role in the passing game. I said he wasn't going to get any pass catches because they were going to be high against Seattle. Again, clearly Derrick Henry listens to this podcast because uh, every time we shit on him, dude comes out and just has an amazing game. So just for you Titans fans, I'm going to do it again this week. But about well, me, you know, I Royal Week. Wee wee, you know, royal wee wee, you know, we we all don't Wait, talk. The wee wee, wee wee, yes, wee wee wee. Isn't that the what is that the French say or yeah, whatever? Anyways, yeah, wee wee. Well, who cares? Tyler Lockett was incredible, Matt. Again, are we rating his? Are we underrating his potential with the Seahawks? Yeah, I mean, we thought uh, DK Metcalf might have the explosive plays this week, and it was Tyler Lockett again. He is off to an incredible start. He's a he's a very good talent. It may be the he may be the Cooper Cup to Robert Woods here in Seattle. My Scott Fishbowl team loves it. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, Lockett has always been good. I don't know that he's been as inconsistent as he's perceived as being. Uh, I think he has been more consistent. He's he's really good. And I think he pairs up really well with Metcalf. And, and he does a lot of the same things Metcalf does. He just does them in a little bit of a different way when it comes to the deep ball. But Lockett's good. I think if you got him, you ride him. Yeah, 100%. There's no reason he should not be in your lineups. Last but not least, the Sunday night football game turned out to be a classic here with the Ravens winning 36-35 over the Chiefs. Dennis, what do you think of CEH moving forward? Is he an automatic start? Is he an RB2? Is he a flex for the podcast that was not big on CEH, what are you doing with them? Uh, you know, I, I, if I can avoid it, I'm right now. He's a matchup play, and uh, 
even then it's the matchup being none of my other guys match up better with the teams they're playing. So I guess I'm forced to start CEH. Uh, if he keeps playing like this, we're all going to be running to the waiver wire and grabbing Jarek McKinnon. So it's, I don't know. He's just, we, we know Kansas city is a throwing team and we know CEH is a good receiving back. He just has to start to produce with the touches he's getting. The issue right now is he's just not producing when he gets the opportunity. And then you've got these other guys, you know, Hill and Kelsey Hill didn't have a great game, but Kelsey Robinson, you know, other guys are being productive and he's not. And right now, I don't know. I, I think you, you have to take a look at what your other options are, but I don't think it's crazy to sit him on the bench. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get any targets last night, which isn't great. He doesn't look explosive in the carries he's getting. He carries alone aren't going to be enough to sustain value for the Chiefs. And Darrell Williams got the goal line carry and touchdown for the Chiefs. So I would be very concerned, especially because people that have him, especially in Dynasty, had to take him at the top of rookie drafts. Yeah, when we saw him struggle to get in the end zone last year, I said it on here, people were overrating that draft pick. They kept saying he was going to be the next Kareem Hunt. They forgot to take out or forgot to factor in that Patrick Mahomes was not the quarterback when Kareem Hunt did what Kareem Hunt did. I, I've always said I think he's a, a low-end RB2 flex play, and that's exactly where I would keep him right now. Matt, the Ravens get the win, and Lamar looked like a solid passer and runner. How do we handicap the backfield for the Ravens? Are you comfortable starting anyone? Yeah, I think Latavius Murray has, you know, a, uh, probably, you're right, dropped into that Gus Edwards role. I, I've liked what I've seen from Tyson Williams. Um, you know, he didn't get any touchdowns yesterday, but I actually think he's moving into uh, flex range for me. Yeah, Williams looks good. And, you know, it, the unfortunate situation is that Baltimore had, was always going to use a few different backs. J.K. Dobbins was going to be the head, but uh, Gus was going to get touches, uh, and not just two or three. Gus was probably going to be in the 9 to 11 carries per game. You know, they run the ball a lot in Baltimore. Williams looks good, and if he can get his uh, pass protection down, they'll be more apt to leave him on the field. Um, he's big enough to be the goal line back. He's not quite as big as Murray. But he's six foot two twenty two fifteen, so Williams is big enough to to hammer the ball down there near the goal line. But man, that game, I'm still stiff. That was great. Somebody yeah. called it. Oh, did you pick the Ravens to upset the Chiefs? Yeah, I'm thirteen and two and pick them this week. Oh, I don't know. I if picked I the Cowboys. I picked the East. Ravens. All my upsets hit. Uh, yeah, I, I still think Tyson Williams is going to be the guy. Looked good last night. I think he looked good in week one. Latavius Murray, I agree, is probably going to be in the Gus Edwards uh, Gus Edwards role here. So that will do it for us today, though. Uh, enjoy the Monday night game. Hopefully it'll be a good one between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Matt and myself will be back tomorrow to recap the Monday night football game and go over all your waiver wire targets for week three. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your